When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you'd like an ad-free start to this Studio DNA podcast, you can support Sifpop at patreon.com slash studiodna. Thank you. Sifpop podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that has the combined muscle mass of the rock's right pectoralis muscle, it's Sifpop. You look full scientific on that pectoralis. <laughs> Not both of them, just the right one. Yeah. Welcome to Sifpop, streaming live on Spreaker every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! Woo! I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com, joined, of course, by Andrew Ormsby, Mr. Flick Freak. Ahoy! And uh, each week we'll be joined by a guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And today's guru, ladies and gentlemen, from Jesus Take the Real, it's Devon! Woo! Ooh, yeah. We got buttons now, too, with the <laughs> oh, new studio yeah. digs. What's up, y'all? It's your uh, friendly neighborhood, Jesus, and uh, pumped to talk some movies. Dude, it's great to have you back. Thank you. I love talking with you guys. Like We always have some really, really good uh, discussions. Yeah, we're going to have a fun time. Um, I did want to start with your Star Wars opinions, because I have to. You know know what I mean? Like It's one of those things, there's so much Star Wars Mm -hmm. conversation, it can never hurt to have just a little more chat. Non-spoiler. That's our do we care for this week. (laughs) That's right. We care about Devon's Star Wars opinion. opinion. You know, like... So I wasn't super hyped going in. I'm not a big, I like Star Wars, uh, but I'm not in love with it. I don't see it. I, you know, I just don't have that connection to it, but I do think it's cool. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, The Force Awakens was, I was like, all right, cool. Like we got some good stuff to look forward to. Um, But then again, it was kind of safe and I was just kind of like, you know, Star Wars is going to be Star Wars. Sure. Whatever. But then once I started hearing word that this one is different and it was weird and uh i heard people talking about breaking the rules of star wars and i was <laughs> yeah. like okay this this sounds like it might be my star wars movie and uh uh i really did enjoy it uh Good. I, I i would say i really liked it um it's it's sloppy it is a little bit sloppy it's a little too long but it has just some really really cool stuff in it uh kylo ren is my favorite star wars character like of any of the films like yeah it I, I had like I loved him in The Force Awakens, but this film, like Kylo Ren, I think is uh, a fantastic character. Um, the Luke Skywalker stuff we got was great, um, but the film looked amazing. Um, some of the cinematography for um, like you know the some of the things we saw, but uh, and I also uh, really enjoyed the exploration of the Force. Like I always felt like the Force and like you know lightsabers and stuff and the Jedi were like. You know, things that existed, but, like, they never really, like, got to, like, show us, like, how cool they could be. Mm -hmm. And this film, like, I finally got to see some, like, really cool things that I've been wanting to see from Star Wars films. That's cool. I One thing that, that I've thought as we've kind of, conti- as I've continued thinking about it and, you know, chiming in on conversations and stuff, is what's interesting about what, what Ryan Johnson has done here is I feel like he's provided a template 
to really look at Star Wars in in like kind of different complex deep ways if you want to. Like you can start to see sort of themes and metaphors because like I keep coming up with different theories about the different characters and the different, you know, reasons they're going through, the things that they're going through and I really am starting to think this is a movie about growing up, not just for the characters who are each dealing with their own version of coming out of something childish but also for the fans, like it's almost Star Wars saying our characters need to grow up and so do you. Yes. And it's really an interesting, you know, kind of way to look at it. I'm getting shake. I'm getting sh- <laughs> different shaking heads from both of these guys. So feel free to chime in, Andrew, because you haven't said anything. No, I'm all right. I, I, I said enough. I said enough last week. Here, let Fair me see, enough. Let Fair me see if I can stew them up a little bit. Like, because I, I agree. Like, I really think that like the the biggest thing that people have been saying, like, you know, Force Awakens, people said, it's too the same. It's too, uh, you know, th- things we've seen before. It was too safe. And then with this one, we got complaints of it being too different, of it mm-hmm. doing too many things. And, you know, you can't win with fans. But at the same time, like, I think Ryan Johnson is, like, saying, like, look, like, the past is the past and it's not gone. You don't have to forget about it just because something new exists doesn't mean that it never happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and even the the prequels as well. Like he's like, look, the prequels also happened. They're things. So this is what we're doing now. And he he offered something different. I love that. Like you know, they didn't really answer any of the questions we had from last last uh, film, which I think is just kind of like or a, they or they answered them in a way that it's just the answers that the fans didn't want. Right. And, yeah. And people need to kind of that. That's been a thing this whole year. I think people, you know take their expectations and say if their expectations aren't met, then then they view the film negatively. You know, um, and that doesn't make it a bad film. Uh, Blade Runner had a lot of the same kind of thing happen to it, too. Uh, I don't think to this degree was it, it is polarizing, but there certainly was an element of fandom for Blade Runner 2049 that was like, this is not the Blade Runner sequel I wanted. This is, you know, too different for me. So I, I think you're right. I think there is an element there in 2017 where it's hard to please fervent fans. I mean, like, Justice it just is. League. I mean, Justice League, but then you can well, even that, look at this. Well, just a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge DC fan, and I'll yeah, just no, tell you right now, that it, was just was a, a bad movie. And another one, Dark Tower, is another example. You Honestly, know? I don't think they could have made a Dark Tower movie I would have appreciated, just because I am that type of fan. Right, yeah, exactly. If, unless I make the movie, it won't be perfect for me. You know, some people are just that dedicated, that big of a fanboy for something, to where, like... The Dark Tower for me is an untouchable thing. Like, it's impossible to make into a movie sort of thing. Well, we won't spend too much more time uh, or any more time on Star Wars. I just wanted to kind of <laughs> yeah. check in and, you know, and, and yeah. uh, kind of see how, how you felt about it, just because it is such a, a topic of, of conversation. Uh, we're going to have a, a fun show. We've got a couple movies we're going to review. We've got... Uh, we've got um, our... Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and Pitch Perfect 3. Yeah, and we've got, uh, of course, our Buried Treasure at the yeah. end. We've got a cool Sif quest that we're, we're going to go on. Um, but I did, even before we get there, I want to give you a heads up. Next week, we're doing our Sif Pop Movie Awards, and I want to make sure you have a heads up for that. So Andrew and I are going to go over several categories, including my favorite, what's become my favorite category, which is best movie moment of the year. Like that moment in a movie that really stood out to you. That's one of my favorites, because that's one of the reasons I love movies. Yeah. It's just for those moments that happen where you're like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. oh, that's so powerful. Yeah. Or, oh, I'm going to cry. Or, you know, just those moments. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk about that kind of stuff before we get to the others though let's start with jumanji welcome to the jungle are you gonna
gonna help or are you too pretty? I'm too pretty. Yo, what's this? A game for those who seek to find a way to leave their world behind. Jumanji. You pick a character and you're that person in the game. Which one do I pick? I don't think it matters that much. Four high school kids discover an old video game console and are drawn into the game's jungle setting, literally becoming the adult avatars they choose. What they discover is that you don't just play Jumanji, you must survive it. Jumanji was 1995, Robin Williams, uh, in the original over 20 years ago. They've decided to resurrect the property. It's a true sequel, takes everything from the first movie as part of the canon, and continues on from there. Um, We will do a little bit of a spoiler episode on this, but for now, let's keep it spoiler-free and start here. Did you like it? Did you love it? Did you dislike it, hate it, or was it just okay? Andrew, kick us off. You know me. I'm a huge fan of the original. Yeah. So after seeing the trailers, I was ready to tear this movie apart. (laughs) But I left this movie really liking it. Ooh, on the high side, I liked it. Yeah. Nice. Devon? I liked it. It was fun. Okay. I liked it. Yeah. Straight liked it. Uh, I'm I'm kind of on the medium side of liked it too. Yeah. Uh, I had a really good time with this movie. Maybe it's even so much bordering fun. on the high side. In how surprising is that? Like, I mean, that's yes. a wonderful thing to be surprised by a movie yeah. where it's like, you know, how, what are they going to do with Jumanji? And, oh, yeah. and I ended up really liking it. Yeah, uh, I grew up on Jumanji like that. Yeah, like too. that was right in the like cusp of me being six years old. And I mean, we ran that VHS like into the ground how many times we watched it. And then, you know, I thought this was going to be a case of, like, how how related is it actually to the original? Because I didn't know if it was a... Because the word reboot, you know, kept floating around. They would say yeah. reboot, reboot. It's definitely not a reboot. And it's not. It's, it's a, a sequel. sequel. It yeah. is a straight yeah. sequel, which I was very happy. I really liked the way they tied it in. And, uh, yeah, it, it surprised me. Um, I had a really... It's it's hilarious. It so, is yeah, hilarious. so let's talk about the humor first is something that... Because I think that's something we yeah. all enjoyed was how funny it is. Why do you, why do we think the humor is working so well here? I'll tell you exactly why. It's the chemistry between those four whenever they turn... I guess I could say whenever they, you know... I think everybody knows they're... They, well, it was in the description. It's yeah, in it's, the description. They turn into the characters in the game. So they turn into The Rock and uh, uh, Kevin, Kevin Hart, Hart. and... Uh, Jack Black, you know, and just all four, I guess technically five, you know, they mm-hmm. they meld together so well and they play off of each other so well. And not only that, they still fully embody some better than others, the kids that they actually exactly. were before they turned into the characters. So if you were meek and schemish and then you turn into a big hulking monster of a man, you're still meek and schemish, you know, it's... Right, you just have a different exterior. Exactly. And and that's what I think that's where I think so much of the humor comes from yeah. is all of them are playing against type in yeah. some way. And that's refreshing. That's Jack Black fun. Kills this movie. Oh man, he's he so is great. He hands down the funniest part of this movie. So I haven't refreshing. seen Jack Black this funny since like Tropic Thunder. Yeah, he's he's great. And he's given he's given a really fun thing yeah. to do. Yeah. Um so I you know, I think I think he's really good and I think he's really funny. I also think the I think the jokes are written really well. I yeah. Think, yeah. Like it wasn't like it wasn't forced humor like you know, you they body switching humor is a thing that's been filmed for, you yeah, know, Freaky Friday. Like we've yeah. had so much of this and you know, like they just execute it very well. Um, like you said, playing against type, like this is one of my, you know, I've been kind of stale on the rock lately. You know, we got so much of them 
and he does so many films, and, you know, I was kind of like, great, another The Rock movie. And he was really, really good with what they did with the, the character yeah. elements. Yeah. I want to tell you why I went into this movie wanting to hate it. Okay. It, it's not because, you know, I'm such a fan of the original one from 95. I, don't get me wrong, I am. I loved it. But what from what I saw in the trailers is it's it didn't feel like it was going to be the same movie that I watched when I was a little when I was nine years old and it first hit the theaters. Yeah. Because I've said this before and I'll say it again. The original Jumanji movie is a horror movie. It it's, really is. It's a it's horror dark. movie. It's dark. And whenever I was watching the trailer for this, I'm like, oh, they don't understand what Jumanji is. Right. But they still kind of do. It's just the way that it, it's evolved, you know, and you know, just because a movie was a horror film back in the 90s doesn't mean the sequel necessarily has to be a horror film as well. And there's still homages and callbacks to the original Jumanji movie. Sure. Like um, characters and like references and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, we mm-hmm. can talk specifically about some of those in the spoiler chat too. Exactly, yeah. And uh, so going into this, I was like, I this is just going to be a silly slapstick you know, goofy movie that's just ruining my childhood, but it's still smart in its humor. Exactly. And that's what I liked. I, and I, the story's fun. I, I agree. I think the story's fun. I think the humor is written well. Even the jokes that are kind of like, I'm going to use uh, base, like uh, like crass. You know, some of, the, some of the humor is crass, but it's still smart and it's still done with such a wink. <laughs> And it's just I, I and it feels real. Like it feels there's something yeah. that feels authentic about even those jokes. So it's not like, you know, a movie that just throws another fart joke out no. there because they think farts are funny. You know, it's it's different than that. I was thinking about this last night, like this movie has probably some of the most intelligent penis jokes that there's been in any like <laughs> there you in, go. In, in that's, any comedy. That's what I was like, talking about. Like, yeah. Like but they did it in such a in a very funny, intelligent way and yeah, like the jokes never came off like here's a joke. It was just it's like not, it's not funny just because it's crass. They, they, it's they, funny because it's funny. Yeah, they were all very organic. All yeah. very organic. Another thing that I really liked is the constant ragging on the cliches of the jungle action movie. Right. Or video games in general, you know, just making fun of them. But uh, Karen Gillan, like, I'm just going to give an example because it's not really a spoiler element to okay. the movie, but whenever she first shows up as that character, she's like, why am I dressed like this? Why am I wearing this outfit in the, <laughs> the jungle? jungle? <laughs> you know, it's just knocking on that, you know, that Lara Croft Tomb Raider cliche that yeah. we always see. see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's very clever in, in the way it does that. I also think it's very, it, it's a movie that understands what kind of movie it is. Like, it doesn't try to mm-hmm. be anything it's not. And it just it reminds me of movies like Twenty One uh, Jump Street is what it reminds me of. Yeah, well, Twenty One Jump Street has the same thing. It just yeah. gets the kind of movie it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fast and the Furious actually has the same thing. It just understands what kind of movie it is, and it doesn't try to be anything bigger than that or anything better than that. It just yeah. does what it's supposed to do, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know that's a great way to succeed. So yeah, uh, I, I disagree a smidge on that, and I'll touch on that like when we talk, talk about negatives. But uh, the other positive was the the video game aspect of this. the The way they did it, I thought, worked super well. Like we we're in this day and age where we still haven't gotten a good video game movie, you know. And it's like, why haven't video game movies Mortal worked? Combat. <laughs> what? Well, Mortal Kombat, yes. <laughs> but it's like, why don't they work? It's like, well, why don't you just do the movie like a video game would do? And I thought right. that was very uh, smart the way that they did it with the. 
the update from the board game to the video game and right. why they did it too. I thought that was really fun. So, yeah. Um, I thought the video game aspect worked really well and a lot of good uh, comedy elements came from that with, uh, you know, characters repeating stuff and like uh, explaining, you know, how the video game aspects work. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, it, it, it was really fun. Well, you mentioned heading into the negatives. Why don't you take us there? Like, you know, as we start to think about where this movie might fall apart for people or, you know, some things that we didn't like, uh, you know, kind of where are you heading with that? Yeah, uh, I can kind of piggyback off of some both of each of you said because, um, you know, when Andrew was talking about how the original Jumanji is dark, it's a horror film. It really yeah. is. And and I like that. And there is still there is still the element of danger here. It's not like a, like it doesn't feel dark or dangerous like the real one did because like since the real one was taking place in the real world, you know the danger felt a little bit more immediate. Um, the danger was still felt, but at the same time, I felt like sometimes the film was like, uh, "Oh, here, look, this is also about learning lessons about yourself." Mm-hmm. And I felt like they kind of pushed that on it, and instead of in Jumanji, you know, they kind of learn these lessons by going through these traumatic experiences. Versus in this one, it was like. No, the the situation isn't what's going to teach you the lesson. It's like, you know, being in a different body and like, you know, uh, accepting that aspect. So I didn't like that aspect and that kind of um, made the film because like Andrew said, this was a, a brighter film than the original. Jumanji. Let me piggyback off that just a second because it is my main negative and I think it's a decent sized negative for me. I don't see much. There's, there aren't many stakes in this movie. It never. I never felt like they were in danger. Yeah. I, I even though they had, you know, they're in a video game and they have lives or whatever. In the original Jumanji, I thought those kids were going to die. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? And maybe it's because I was well, younger. One of them did die. So. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's because I was younger. Maybe it's because of like you mentioned the fact that it's Jumanji coming to our world, and so it yeah. feels more personal. Yeah. Than us going to this fake Jumanji world, and then it just feels like a fake world right yeah but i didn't feel the stakes and i do think part of that also has to do with uh bobby cannavale uh as the as the I wanna, villain i want to talk about him i don't i don't feel like there's much he doesn't scare me no I, that's exactly it um what that was one of my uh negatives was the villain bobby cannavale because whenever you look at the first jumanji who, by the way i like i think he's a great actor have you been no, watching I'm mr not, robot I'm not, yeah i'm not i'm not saying that he's a bad actor oh no i just wanted to throw that in there yeah yeah um it's the fact that you don't care about him if you look in the original jumanji with jonathan clyde you cared about that villain why because it's the same actor who's playing his father so that's where the actual story element and the subtle nuances come in. It's about growing up. It's about facing your fears. Right. Becoming your father sort of thing. This one is just villain. Yeah. And and he yeah, and he's not, not even terrifying. that intimidating. Like he's just and he doesn't ever do anything where you feel like they're in danger. Exactly. Yeah. Uh I mean it might have to wait for like spoilers. Okay. But there's like it doesn't make sense for his villain to be there at all when you like actually think about it. Uh, I'll save that thought for spoilers. Sure. Other well, than it the doesn't fact make that it's sense a video for, game. Yeah, like right. it, yeah. I mean, pretty much, it's a video game. Like, yeah. how does he still have his powers if they have the stone? Like, you know, we can. Yeah, that's get what more I, I was curious later. about that kind of stuff too. Yeah, let's let's talk further in depth about that kind of stuff during uh, our spoiler chat because yeah. I I do think that is where the movie could fall apart, and certainly it it doesn't have that same level of investment mm-hmm. that I had in the original Jumanji, or that I have in a really good you know, kind of action comedy where it's like, I, I really do care about the characters and I'm invested in them surviving. I, I never, 
I never felt like they weren't going to survive. And part of that has to do with the way they handle death in this movie, too. Mm-hmm. It's very humorous. Yeah. And so you never feel the real impact of it right from the first uh, first death. You know, it just feels like, oh, you know, this is a thing. This is going to be kind of a hint, hint, but I knew exactly what the tattoos were as soon as I oh, saw them. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's what yeah. those are. Um, one more, my final negative for this is I thought there were one too many Breakfast Club moments of, you know, <laughs> like... Oh, you know, because they're all different kids, you know, they all come from Mm -hmm. the different cliques and stuff, and then it's the whole, oh, you know, well, maybe we're not so different. There was one too many of those moments, and I'm like, "Ah, one or two of those, you know, because, you know, it's expected. You know, that's what this movie's ultimately going to be about. You know that going in. Okay, it's going to be them all becoming friends, even though they're different here and there. I thought that there was just one too many of the moments like, you know what? We're not so different, you and I. Maybe you've just been judging me wrong this whole time. Well, you're right. Well, and the the other part of it is I didn't feel, like I didn't feel the impact of the danger. I also didn't feel the impact of those messages. They they felt just a little too shallow for me yeah. like it yeah. didn't it didn't really too feel, on the nose and there's another that's it there's there's another element yes that's exactly what i'm saying there's another element that isn't given enough service and i don't want to talk about it till spoilers but okay. it has to do with the fifth character and yeah. his, his element is not developed near enough for me to care about it they they could have set that up so well I f- you know i feel like that too i feel like i feel like there were there were some ways they could have done that differently i actually liked it and it's not the it's well, not I, per- don't get me wrong. It's not. I liked it. I'm just saying I didn't feel it. Like it's I didn't. Not the detriment it didn't impact of the performance. Me. The performance was good. It's what they were given. Yeah, I think. I think it's the. Let's wait till spoiler. I think. I think I can verbalize it better once I can give specifics okay. about characters and setups and all that kind of stuff. Um, the only other thing I would say, uh, this didn't bother me a ton, but if you if you go into it and you quickly see something and you roll your eyes at it. You may be you may be in for a bad experience because there's certainly I can see somebody going in and being like this is silly this is ridiculous and just rolling their eyes through the whole thing but I think if you just enjoy it for what it is I think it can be a, a fun positive experience oh, yeah. yeah like it, it's definitely silly like and if you can't embrace it being silly then yes I I agree like because I mean uh the the silliness especially with uh the stuff with uh their strengths and weaknesses i mm-hmm. thought that was like hilarious and it's it's silly it's like yeah. a silly thing but it was really funny though <laughs> <laughs> yeah some of the this weaknesses are pretty funny and they're just they're there for humor's sake but they still work you know yeah but um, they also at times don't make sense no, they in, don't a, make in sense. a way that, that can't you see somebody being like, come on. Exactly. Is, yeah. So. Because there's moments in video games like that where you're like, how is that a weakness? Or you somebody's know? strength was margaritas. Yeah. Uh, another, uh, my one last thing. Yeah, it, go ahead. I actually have two one last things, so I guess one is a penultimate thing. Two last things. Yeah. Um, one of them is that after watching this, two things happened to me. One, I wanted to go back in and watch it again immediately just because i had so much fun watching it and i had so many good laughs and stuff and i'm like you know what i just want to keep this train rolling it was fun and it's a movie i could actually see myself both buying and watching again and again yeah it is fun that way yeah Yeah. and it also made me want to go back and watch the original jumanji which i did and i still think it holds up uh it does not hold up i think it did no it's it's still a fun listen i love jumanji i will always love jumanji 
There are so many ways that movie does not hold up. Here's though. how it held up for me because, as so many movies from my childhood, it turned me back into the nine year old kid. Yes, exactly. Whenever mm-hmm. the I'm line, totally with you. whenever the line was stepping on the piano, or you hear the mm-hmm. bats in the chimney, you get goosebumps. You're like, "This is how I felt when I was nine, and it's happening happening again." And I, some of the performances, you know, I can see rolling your eyes at that, but I think that you know. Or the CG. Rob, the Some of the CG, yeah. <laughs> okay, I never knock a movie that's dated for its CG. Yeah, sure. It's sure. not its you fault. Can't, you can't hold it against yeah, it. Yeah, and I appreciated the use of practical effects in the original one. There was mm-hmm. a bunch of them, and, you know, I'll never knock a movie for a bad CG. Unless, you know, it's like Justice League. Where, I, you know, if, if the CG of the time, if it lived up to the CG of the time, it's fine. Yeah, I'm not sure it does. Th- those monkeys are oh, really bad. It was 95 or 95 or 96. It was yeah, but there's cool 95. stuff going on in 95. I mean, you know, I don't know. Anyhow, <laughs> it's, it, it is, it's, it's fine. We, we all love it. Like that's, that's where we all need to land is we all still love the original Jumanji, but yep. ha- having just watched it with a pen and paper and pausing every five seconds because I was sinning it for cinema. You sins, were supposed to hate I, things exa- in that movie. Like, so. Exactly. Like I was picking apart like all of the, you know, the little things in it. So That's what happens when you work for cinema. <laughs> uh, do you have one last thing? Um, on. One last thing. You know what? The action was surprisingly good too. Like some of the, the fight scenes and stuff. Like, yeah. The action was like actually really some of that Karen Gillan stuff was pretty impressive. The the Karen Gillan (laughs) stuff with the dance fighting, but then also the scene where The Rock is fighting, he's narrating his moves. Juke, dodge, (laughs) juke. I thought that was hilarious. Well, because you've done that in a video game, yeah. You know, it's just like it's it's just so perfect. Action was really good. Yeah, I think overall uh, to recommend. um, I really would. It's it. You can have a lot of fun with it if you kind of just give yourself to the movie. I think you have a good time. And also, it's weird. I think it's going to be a good holiday movie. Not that it's a holiday movie, but I think this is a fun movie you could take the family to on like Christmas or something like. If you don't have anything, like you know, what, let's just go laugh and have fun at a movie. Watch and I with think, your friends. Yeah, I honestly think people will have a lot of fun. Like. This is a good group movie, mm-hmm. you know. I, I really do think it is. I I totally agree. Um, so there you go. A recommend from all three of us. Yeah. Uh, we were all surprised by how much we enjoyed it. Like it more than Star Wars. Uh, let's move on and talk about Pitch Perfect three. They're so bright and shiny. Still look pretty. They look like they was all breastfed. Every year, the USO puts on this performance to support the troops in Europe. One last show together. Who's with me? After the highs of winning the world championships, the Bellas find themselves split apart in discovering there aren't job prospects for making music with your mouth. But when they get the chance to reunite for an overseas USO tour, this group of awesome nerds will come together to make some music and some questionable decisions one last time. Uh, The third of the Pitch Perfect movies, uh, the first was a huge surprise hit, I think, when it came out. Mm -hmm. Nobody was expecting a ton from it and uh, really got a lot of love, deservedly so, I believe. Uh, And so they've milked it for a couple sequels. Uh, I didn't love Pitch Perfect 2, but it had its moments. Uh, But let's talk about Pitch Perfect 3. I know, Andrew, you did not get a chance to see it, but I think, uh, Devon, did you get a chance to get out and see it? I did see it. I saw you tweeted that it was, like, sold out. Uh, Yeah, Uh, I went and saw it. I saw it today before, before we recorded. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, before the theaters were even open, because I was, uh, mm-hmm. was going to go see it at Alamo, because I was just mm-hmm. going to come straight here from it, 
And then I looked at the seats and like literally there were showings selling out like <laughs> throughout the day already. Like the seven o'clock show There's was already sold base, out. I man. was like, I was surprised. I was like, oh my gosh. There is like, a this huge is, fan base for like, the There is a films. huge fan base yeah. for it. Um, so Andrew, let's start with you okay. since you haven't seen it. Did you see the first two? Yes. Okay. So tell me your thoughts on the first two. First one was great. Yeah, it's really good. It was good. pretty original, you know, and I thought that the all those girls, just the chemistry they had, you know. Again, just everybody being so different, yet they can all mesh together. The music was awesome. I mean, it was really good. I've mm-hmm. always been a fan of acapella. I know that's a weird thing to say. No, it's not. Acapella is great. Um, but um, the it was the song choices and like and how they actually turned it in. And then the second one had its moments. I thought that the songs were good, you know, and I, I just thought it was okay. This one, uh, I saw the trailers and I'm like, okay, you're just kind of milking it at this point. Right, yeah. Is that kind of... Well, let's get into it. What did you think, Devon? You know, this well, is Well, let's a... <laughs> just do liked it, loved it, it was okay, didn't like it, hated it to start off. It's uh I'll say okay. That's on where the I'm verge at too. of liking it. Like, um I think I'm just at straight in the middle. It's it's, <laughs> it's just okay. It's a weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Like this is a like I I I was just wondering like how we got to this point cuz like I mean the the first one is a truly I think is a truly great movie. Like the music is great, but like the characters, what it was doing uh, with the the college tropes, like mm-hmm. what they were doing, I thought it was all great. Yeah, it feels like a real it story. Was really clever. Yeah. yeah, it felt like a real story, a real movie. And then the second one, and I was like, okay, they're like trying. They were trying to do a twenty two Jump Street. Yeah, Whenever they're starting they did, to embrace did, the silliness. Did, yeah, when they did Pitch Perfect two, they tried to pull a twenty two Jump Street, and it didn't work. It, 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 I mean, it was funny. The music was still there, like the it was mm-hmm. still very entertaining. It did still have some fun stuff in it. And then this one, like, it's like this full like meta slapstick. I don't know. Like it it's, was. <laughs> it's, it is one of the worst movies I've seen this year, story wise. Like there, there is nothing to connect you to any sense of reality in this no. movie. Like, is, it, is it one of those like we're abandoning this reality and yeah, we're yes, like, kind of yeah. like what Fast and the Furious did? We're abandoning this reality for this reality. Except it's a little bit. It's a little bit different in that Fast and Furious basically just became like a comic book film. Like it. It. it yeah. I feel like Fast and Furious found itself, where I feel like Pitch Perfect lost itself. It lost itself. Does that make time. Does that make sense? So are you like hypothetically here? Say that they keep up with these Pitch Perfect movies and that they go down this road of just continuously making these bombastic wild out of their characters and that sure. becomes the new norm are you saying that that's the transition kind of what fast and furious went through like from being a point break to you know just crazy action comic book movie yeah i i think it could be considered to be similar mm-hmm. but in one case i think it's a good thing and in the other case i think it's a bad thing okay Does, and there's no I think more where we differ because i don't either. like where fast and furious went <laughs> well it's fine yeah and i don't think there's any more coming after this either no i, I, I can't I think say i done. think they definitively ended it it's a trilogy and it's done especially yeah. with the credits you can I almost think you feel say. it in the performances oh yeah you can no, almost I, feel them being like do we still have to do this you know i felt like they were still having fun and that's, oh, of course that's they're what, having that's fun. what i enjoyed yeah. uh the parts i enjoyed like the music was still fun uh the the actor like the you could tell this cast like because i i follow some of them on like instagram too like they're actually like good friends and like the behind the scenes like they have fun making these films together which which is great and it is for the fan base that has but it also it just went in this you know from the second one and then into this one it just went in this really weird place that it, 
I just don't get it because the first one's a normal movie. <laughs> here's a question since you guys have both seen it then. Did it feel like the character or the actresses were saying, yes, I'm having fun with all these girls. They're all my best friends. But this character I'm playing has nothing left to say. Yes. It, that's what it felt like. Okay. Yeah. It, it was it, it, it was interesting in that way of, I think what I tweeted when I came out was basically, I think I just saw the worst movie of the year that I'm glad was made. <laughs> it's one of those things <laughs> where it's it's not a great movie, but I'm really glad I got to see it. Like I had fun with the songs, and I mean Anna Anna Kendrick is always great. Like She's I will great. watch her in anything. She's Anna, so good. Yeah, Anna Kendrick is great. Like there were times that I was laughing out loud, which I don't do in movies a lot anymore. But like there are times I was laughing out loud. There were times that I'm you know rubbing the bridge of my nose under my glasses, going what what is going on? Yeah, you know like it, there there were such extremes in this movie. And the, the editing and pacing is terrible. Like, yeah, it like, really is poorly terrible. made. Like it, the editing is like really, really, really bad. Well, <laughs> and part of it's hard to edit well when you just don't have a lot of structure to build upon either. Mm-hmm. There's just, I mean, paper thin plot setups, you know, just stuff that's, it's just there so that they can have another song moment. Some stuff um, would be like set up in the middle of like the movie, even like a well, brand new plot element. Right. And then never paid off. I mean, how many of those, I mean, if they're paid off, they're paid off with a look of a character in a crowd. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like, I mean, that I thought the whole movie was about this competition and then, it, but then it's about this spy thing. And then it's about, <laughs> what is it about? And then maybe it's about parents. Because parents about were mentioned parents. It's a couple about, times. What? It's about, but it's about they're trying to find, move on. It's about and, being but, as uh, an individual, but also part of a team. It's like <laughs> it's like it just didn't know where it wanted to go and what it wanted to be overall. It's just a mess. It, it's, but but at the same time, like at the very end, like I love the way it ended, and I like felt something. I was like, you <laughs> right? know what? I was like, it's the end that's of the a power, trilogy. That's and the I was power like, of great music, man. Yeah, the, the last song was great, and I felt it, and I, in Anna Kendrick's performance of that last song, it's actually like really, really good. Yeah. I, like, I felt it at the end. I was like, you know what? I was like, this wasn't so bad after all. <laughs> I I, uh, I reviewed The the Greatest Showman in our pre-show, uh, which if you're a patron, uh, you can check that out. It was very similar to that in that regard in that there were those moments where I really felt something but then when I thought about it I was like well there's not a lot you know mm-hmm. behind it foundationally to base it on I'm so. pretty sure Hugh Jackman's upset you just said that Pitch Perfect <laughs> 3 reminded you of the greatest show I think it's a I think it's a good comparison I really do. Uh, especially since The Greatest Showman uses like pop music. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's a, I think it's a, a good comparison. But uh, what it sounds like is that I made the right choice in picking the movie that I did <laughs> over yeah. the other one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, it's, it's an interesting recommend. I would say if it is a recommend if you go just expecting to enjoy the music and see these characters and laugh with them one more time, don't go expecting any, like, lower your expectations movie wise mm-hmm. big time and you know maybe you can have some fun with the music okay <laughs> what were you gonna say no i just i've never i've never liked the phrase just lower your expectations well you have to sometimes well uh, well I, I think it's i mean I, I think that's giving a movie a buyout sure. sometimes sure i think it's just like a and reminder. it's unfair to other movies well at the same time 
Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just a reminder because it's like you, you really can't. Like if you go into this movie with sky high expectation, then your expectations aren't met. Like, you know, that's kind of on you for on in this particular case. I, you it's know? a warning, right? Uh-huh. It's a warning to you if that if you love these movies, this isn't a well-made film. But you still can enjoy it as long as you know what you're getting into. I think so that's me, a better way to phrase so it. So change your expectations. Yeah, maybe instead lowering of lowering your them. expectation to me sounds like if you just expect this movie to be bad and it's bad, then it's okay. That's what it sounds <laughs> like to me. What what I'm saying is there are things in there you can like if you're willing to let go of these other things. So sure. Go ahead and let go of those things. Okay. Go have a good time. And, you know, you might be able to do that. But if you're looking for a great film, this is not your film. Okay. Yeah. It, it is not a film. It's a movie. This is a movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, that's how you differentiate, isn't it? No. If it's I, good, I hate, it's a film. I hate being like that, too. But at the same time, like, because for me, this isn't a bad movie, but it's definitely not a good movie. Like, it's yeah. it's there, yeah. and it happened. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> I think that's on the poster now, with your name by it. Pitch Perfect 3. It happened. I would love it. That was my first happened. byline. I would love that. <laughs> Devon. Nice. Before we head on to the rest of the show, just a second to remind you that this is uh, a listener-supported podcast through a listener-supported podcast network. Uh, the podcast network is called Studio DNA, and you can support it at Patreon, patreon.com slash Studio DNA. going to give you a couple great reasons to do that. Uh, number one, you may have started hearing uh, little ads at the beginning of the podcast and at the end. Uh, you will get your own podcast feed as a supporter through Patreon where those ads disappear. So you don't have to worry about those ads uh, in the uh, the fan-supported version. Uh, and then the other thing is when you go to the fan-supported podcast feed, you also get the bonus episodes. So, for instance, talking about The Greatest Showman in the pre-show. And that's not just for this podcast, but for the other three podcasts that are on the network as well. All of those come straight to your podcast feed. All you got to do, it starts at three bucks a month. Just go to patreon.com slash studio DNA. Thanks to so many who make it possible for us to do this. Uh, we really do appreciate you. All right, let's move on to the Sift Quest. Let's do it. This one is from Justin on Twitter, who says, uh, potential Sift Quest question, which now is an actual Sift Quest question. <laughs> what are film characters you personally identify with the most or that you see parts of yourself in? I tend to answer Andy Dufresne from Shawshank. Uh, so I'm really curious what part of himself he sees in Andy from <laughs> Shawshank. Is he good at taxes? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question, though, because part of yeah. the power of movies is seeing ourselves on the screen through mm-hmm. somebody. So I'm really interested to hear you guys uh, answer. I have two answers. Yeah, I have yeah. a few. Like, you have a few? Yeah, yeah. like it's, it's hard to narrow it down to just one. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll kick us off for this. Please. Uh, as a dad, I wanted to start with Marlon from Finding Nemo. I, I had a feeling. Honestly, I really did. We've, I'm like, he's going to pick Marlon. This. Yeah, it, it is one of those movies where I really do. I, I know it's a fish. I understand I'm not a fish. <laughs> but I really did see myself. Because when that movie came out in 2004, uh, we had just had our fourth uh, son. And all four of them were five years old and under. So I had four boys under five years old. And the constant battle of you know, corralling them versus letting them have experiences. It just really resonated a lot with me with this idea of what he was dealing with, with letting go of Nemo, especially from his background where, you know, all his other, you know, uh, kids had been eaten by a barracuda 
including his wife. Man, how violent are Pixar movies, man? Seriously, it, if when you're you really a mom think, in a Pixar movie, <laughs> you better watch out. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. But but I really did identify with that idea of that part of fatherhood where how do you decide the freedoms you give your kids to fall? Because you could just never let them fall. Like you could quote unquote, protect them and keep them safe to your best ability. But at the same time, if you never let them scrape a knee, if you never let them have their own experiences, then they don't get to learn yeah. how to to do better. And so I, that just, you yeah. You learn that, from your mistakes. Yeah, exactly. So. And so as a parent, part of the problem is letting your kids make mistakes. It's let them make the right mistakes. <laughs> it's, that really is the job. Like that yeah. is what the job feels like sometimes. So yeah, Marlon's my first one. Devon, what do you got? Uh, so one of them for me that I guess would be like the main one is um it's Scott Pilgrim from Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Nice, so um, good. Which I love that movie. It's literally it's in my top five. It's one of my favorite movies ever. And it's it's interesting because like you know if people know me they wouldn't think that. Because yeah, what part of Scott Pilgrim is is you? Do you it's feel more like? it's more like uh like Scott is like my more uh introverted side. Like because I I do have two sides to me. Like you know. Uh, I, I'm not a super astrology person, but I am a Gemini. I think there is like some like degree of truth to that for me. Cause like I have like this extrovert side, which is the side that most people see, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm very social, very, but then there's this introvert side and, and I see it in Scott because he's just, he's just this guy. He, he's just trying to do things that make him happy. He wants to play music with his friends. He wants to have a girlfriend but it's like, you know, he keeps getting reminded of things he's done before or the things he's not good at or the things he doesn't have. And it's like, you know, and then you get this movie where uh, I'm a big romantic as well. And, you know, this he cares this much for this girl that he's literally willing to fight her seven exes versus facing his one ex that he has, you know, yeah, it's because a great, of his like insecurity. So it's a, it's, it, I love that film. It's a great movie to talk about when we're talking about Jumanji too, with, you know, video game movies. Yeah. And, you mm-hmm. know, that's, you know, when, when you mentioned no great video game movies, I wanted to mention it then. I guess I'll just mention it now. There are actually lots of great video game movies. There just aren't many, there aren't many great video game adaptations. adaptations yes. Like Wreck-It Ralph's a great video game movie, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But the adaptations are the ones that suffer. But Scott Pilgrim's another great example of a great video game movie. You know, yeah. it understands True. how video Probably games work. the best quote-unquote video game movie I, I, ever. I would agree. Well, certainly if it's well, in your besides, top five. <laughs> unless you're counting Tron. Tron! There you go. Yeah. Well, Tron came out before the game. but anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, the, yeah, the game is adapted from the, the movie. movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the character I would choose for my first uh, personality trait, I'm going to go with uh, John Cusack's character, Rob Gordon, from High Fidelity. Oh. Just focusing solely on one aspect of him, and that's his total passion for something. In his case, music, mine right. being movies, you know? Sure. And just talking with people and making to the best of lists, best and, of lists yeah. to the point of almost pretentiousness and thinking that I know more than other people, you know, sure. and um, I don't like that element of me of keep like that part in check. Yeah. Trying to keep that in check, you know, try and stay, stay humble as much as I can, you know, but definitely that aspect of him is something I really can see making top 10 lists and stuff because that's what we do every single yeah. week almost. Yeah, for sure. No, what a great choice. Uh, the other one that I mentioned was Norval Barnes. Do you guys even know what movie Norval Barnes was in? If I gave you the actor, Tim Robbins, would that help? Directors, Coen Brothers, The Hudsucker Proxy. Never saw it. I've never seen it. What? Oh, it's so good. 
Yeah. Uh, it is one of my favorite Coen Brothers movie. It is it is one of the most underrated Coen Brothers in my opinion. Uh, it doesn't get necessarily as lot of, as much love as uh, I give it. But Norval Barnes is this character in this movie who basically invents the hula hoop. He just draws a circle and he's like, "This is going to be the greatest invention ever." And he shows it to people and he goes, "You know, for kids." And like people are just looking at this <laughs> circle, going, "What is going on?" There's just this element, there's a beautiful element of innocence and naivete that I really identify with. Like that optimism, that wide-eyed optimism yeah. is something that that in my own life I experience. And also, you know, I see the looks on other people's faces when, you know, I say something is amazing or something is awesome. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that I've always I've always loved about that movie is the fact that nothing detracts his optimism. And that's, you know, kind of what I want to be able to do in my own life is just kind of continue to see things that that I know are wonderful, even if, you know, everybody else thinks that they're not. So, yeah. So, yeah. So Norval Barnes would probably be my, my second one. Uh, my second one might be from a movie that you, neither of you guys have heard of. Um, but Sam Borgens from stuck in love. Have either of you guys mm. seen that film? Nope. Uh, stuck in love, um, is if you've seen the, um, there's a movie called love Simon coming out, uh, that he directed, it uh, has uh, Nat Wolf in it. It's uh, Greg Kinnear, Jennifer Connelly, um, okay. Lily Collins, Logan Lerman. And it's uh, it's this family of writers that are all in different stages of being in love, whether it's like first love or, you know, um, the dad's going through the divorce. And then, uh, but the sister, uh, Sam, she's this, uh, she's a, she's a cynic. Uh, she's very, um, she's very blunt with people. And she's kind of a person that she sees the big picture and doesn't like to waste time. Sure. So like whenever she's talking to people about her ideas about love and like dating and things like that, or just really anything in general, because she's had all these experiences that make them see this way. And it's not that, you know, she, she's a bad person or anything. She's just a person that's like, you know, I've seen things, I know things and I see the big picture of things. I like to, I think that sometimes too, I think mm-hmm. that I see the big picture and then sometimes, you know, kind of like Andrew said, it's a, a negative trait that sometimes I, I'll think that I see more and that I know the situation more. Well, that's and it's what's just interesting like, about all these traits, yeah, right? Is what there's, I see. there's always a, a, you know, a mm-hmm. positive and a negative to any trait you have. And the idea of who we are as human beings is trying to find a way to walk towards the positive parts of, you know, our given traits. And I think, you know, I think that's amazing. Did you have another one, Andrew, that you wanted to mention? I have two more just real quick. That's cool. Um, one of them um, is going to be, <laughs> you said you had a character from the Coen Brothers, so uh-huh. do I. Brad Pitt's character in Burn After Reading. <laughs> and it's kind of the same way you were, just always wanting to be positive, you yeah. know. I mean, George Clooney's never shot me in the face or anything, but, you know, it's just his un unrelenting apathy and just affection for the world like yeah. i can do anything if i put my mind to it you know just that nothing can get me down mm-hmm. sort of thing is good but at the same time another aspect of me because you know i've been going through some stuff emotionally and psych- psychologically so that's where ryan gosling's character lars and lars and the real girl yeah is kind of where i see myself kind of be very introverted and sometimes i'm just like I just need to be by myself. Nobody touch me. Nobody talk to me. Let me just do my own thing, and I get lost in my own imagination. Again, never bought a sex doll and pretended it was a real person, <laughs> but that part of him in that movie is something every single time I watch him, I'm like, 
I know exactly what you're going through. Because this is only audio, you couldn't see it uh, listening to this, but Andrew winked when he said, I've never bought uh, you know, a sex doll and taken <laughs> it home. And he gave a big old wink wink on that. So yeah, I thanks for make, you know, letting everybody know. I just it was supposed make sure. to be for you guys, but fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we finish out, of course, we're going to do some uh, some buried treasure, guys. So what's mm. that one thing in any area of pop culture? could be anything that you want to make sure that people know about. Andrew, you want to go first? Yes, just saw a brand new movie came out today. It's called Bright. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix oh, original. This is Will Smith, right? Will Smith. Is it, it going to be Treasure? I've heard nothing but awful things about this movie. I Same. liked it. Really? Tell I me really, about it. Oh, I'm so excited to hear somebody yeah, who liked yeah, it. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, so. No, right? Haven't you heard like all I've negative? Heard, I have heard nothing good from it. <laughs> all right. I actually had a lot of fun with it. All right. Well, tell us. Because there were so many different elements to it that I remi- that I've you know experienced in other movies, but it was placed in this universe that I found fascinating. Okay, so you the know, world building was was world good building for it. Was really okay. really good actually. Um, and there's uh. There's obviously a lot of, you know, subtle hints or not actually I should say not so subtle hints to, you know, class separation and stuff like uh, the movie. If you guys don't know what it's about, it takes place in the modern world, except it's also a world that's overridden with fantasy characters like orcs and elves and fairies and stuff like that. And there's a huge class difference between all the different races like orcs are at the bottom. They are. Uh, quote unquote ghetto gang trash you know Mm -hmm. and then humans are right in the middle and then elves are like the one percenters you know they're the greatest they they, they're clean they drive nice cars they live on the good side of town and it all takes place in david Ayers directed it yeah and it kind of i do like him i've liked i've liked other stuff he's done this feels so much like end of watch in a fantasy world oh interesting and the the also one of the big elements is Will Smith's character is partnered with an orc. He's the only orc to ever be a cop because they've you know they're always the bottom of the that uh, that class mm-hmm. and uh, sure. it's all about Will Smith. I keep wanting to say Will Ferrell. Uh, it's all <laughs> it's about a Will totally S- different movie, totally different movie. But it's all about uh, Joel Edgerton's character, you know, trying to fit into this police society that's always rejected him, and it's you know the class separation. Hinting at, you know, like, you know, like the uh, L.A., you know, uh, what what am I trying to say? N.W.A. sort of thing that mm-hmm. they were trying to speak out against. That's what sure. it's really speaking to. Straight like, out of Compton. Straight kind out of, of Compton kind of stuff. And you're like, wow, man, it's cool that you're telling so it's a story. Police brutality. Police those brutality. Kind of yeah. And okay. like can't get ahead in life, even whenever you're trying to set a good example for others to follow. And it's and it's it's the action, the fight scenes really good i actually i like this movie a lot that's really interesting because i wasn't even going to watch it i had heard like my twitter feed the last couple days just filled up with people liking what you know what is this ridiculous nonsense and i was just like maybe i won't even watch it even though i like will smith i never even i never looked at any of the reviews because i'm like i'm just gonna watch yeah i haven't gone to reviews i just it's been all over my twitter about what a mess i haven't even seen anything i haven't been on twitter because i watched it as soon as i woke up this morning oh wow interesting i've still been intrigued to watch it just because max landis wrote it and i'm a fan of landis but then that's where kind of a lot of the like fishy conversation has been coming like 
whether yeah. his script was altered a lot and things like that. Now, don't get me wrong. There are definitely lot, parts but... of this movie I'm like, oh, you went that way? Okay, fine, whatever. But for the majority, I actually had a lot of fun. Interesting. Well, I, I am definitely more interested to watch it now. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Devon, what do you got? Um, I have. It's a um, it's a streaming service um, that a lot of people probably heard of, but Shudder, if you have not heard of it, um, Shudder is the streaming service for uh, horror and genre films exclusively. Yep. And it is fantastic. I love this thing so much. Everybody knows that I'm a big horror guy. Oh yeah, you're you're a horror uh, freak. And then so right before so right before October, I signed up and I was like, because October, I was like, I'm gonna try and watch as many horror films and like you know really get a good range. And the great thing with Shutter, it has you know all these indie horror films that you know you might not have heard of. A lot of like the ones that go to VOD and things like that. But then it has uh, classic stuff. It has collections and stuff. And um, but that's one of the cool aspects of it. So if you're trying to find something to watch, they have these things. There's a page that's called Collections, and then they split the movies into even like more specific subgenres. So they're like, if you want psychological horror, if you want horror, uh, body horror, if you want uh, something you know transgressive, if you want gallo, and it like uh, does like that. They have uh, guest curators, like other directors and actors will like pick films and like recommend them and stuff. Oh, that's but, cool. Yeah, but then they also have uh, they also have TV shows now too. They uh, have original content that they get. Um, they uh, like uh, just did a Wolf, uh, Wolf Creek series, and it has the guy from the movies. So like that's like one of their original things. And then they uh, just um, they have a talk show called The Core, and it's hosted uh, by director Mickey Keating. And he does uh, he sits down with other um, people in the horror film. He uh, like one guest was Simon Barrett. Um, one, uh, he wrote uh, You're Next and other stuff with uh, Anne Wingard. Uh, Mary Heron was on there, uh, American Psycho director. And uh, they talk about, you know, elements in horror films, but then it's also a great tool for people that want to make horror films. And it's like, I've, you know, I just ordered a bunch of stuff on Amazon recently because I'm about to, like, start shooting short films. And, like, watching this show, I've already learned, like, you know, tricks to do and, like, how to film things and, like, how to set up scenes. So, uh, Shutter, literally, if you're a horror fan, like you need the subscription. Interesting, it's amazing, very nice. I mean, uh, not something I will ever probably partake in, just because I don't generally like horror movies. But sounds like it's like a um, a nice repository for you know some like I can imagine the, a similar thing for like musicals, yeah. where there's, it there's would one like for like classic, where it would like blow too. my mind, you know. So no, that that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, I am late to the game, I think but am just now experiencing the world of virtual reality. Uh, and I I found a, I think they're called Google Daydreams, which is basically it's the one you just put your phone in and lock it up. And you, if oh, you have a, a yeah. nice, like a nicer phone, uh, you can do it. And I found one, they're usually like a hundred bucks. And I found one on uh, Facebook Marketplace for like 20 bucks. And I was like, well, you know, I'll give it a shot. See what, see what it is. Uh, man, it's really cool. Like there's some really fun stuff you can do in VR. Um, I would recommend as far as a direct buried treasure, I would recommend the game wonder glades. It's completely free. It's a little bit kitty, you know, it's, it's a little bit obviously for children, except for the, the little mini games are really fun. There's one called hamster hoops that is just shooting, shooting baskets with hamsters. <laughs> and it is one of the funnest things I've ever done. So, because you have a little controller, it's not just the VR, but you also have a little controller, you know, yeah. motion controller that you use or whatever. And uh, I find it, I find it really fascinating how much you feel like you're in that world. Now, if you're if you're watching somebody doing virtual reality, 
it's it's really funny <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> they're in their own little world. Yeah. But you know, um, but uh, but the, you just see them, you know, sitting on the bed, <laughs> flipping their wrist. <laughs> uh so no it's been really fun and actually one of the cool one of the cool features with it is i actually can chromecast it to our tv so you can actually see what i'm seeing in regular 2d but yeah um so that 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 does make an experience where other people can kind of see what's going on but yeah if you have vr stuff if you have the google stuff uh wonder glades would be a definite recommend there was also one called um i think it was called stories or horizons or something like that but it had a music video from uh, the band gorillas Mm-hmm. And Love it was so, so cool. Like oh, it was yeah. one they of the coolest VR really cool things stuff. I've ever seen. So thinking about the gorillas, it should have been obvious to me that they were, you know, just because you know the characterization of you know that band, it lends itself perfectly to VR. Yeah, thinking about it now, I'm like, that's so obvious. Why? Yeah, no, it's it's really really cool. Well, there you go, guys. We did it. That was a good podcast. We did a podcast. Woo-hoo! Podcasting has happened. Huzzahs. Pods have been casted. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, uh, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Everything you want from Sif Pop and the other podcasts on the network is right there. You can find all the old episodes. You can comment on any of those episodes. Uh, that's also where you listen live. Uh, you can also subscribe to the podcast there. So that's the place to be, Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. You can also get notified there when we go live. A uh, big thank you to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make the show and others on the network possible. Support starts at 3 bucks a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Huge thanks to today's guru, Devon from Deez Take the Real. Woo! Thanks for having me, as always, yeah. guys. I love coming on the show. It's been always a great conversation. Oh, always. thanks, man. Yeah, it's all, you're always a great guru to have on. Uh, where, where do you want to send people? Anything you want to let people know about? Uh, yeah, just uh, follow me on Twitter. Twitter at Jesus12. I'm literally there all day, every day, uh, tweeting stuff. But then uh, make sure you just uh, check out my website, Jesus.org, D-E-E-Z-U-S. And uh, it's got it's got all my writing stuff on there. It's got podcast stuff. Uh, it's got some stand-up stuff. Uh, it's got bloggy things. And uh, I'm also writing for Nightmare on Film Street. It's a uh, horror website podcast. So uh, I just uh, write lots of spooky things for them. Very cool. Yeah, go check that out. Um, it's It's always great to have you on the show. I always love hearing your opinions and, you know, the fact that we agree on Star Wars and that Andrew is wrong is always, it's just a, it's just a bonus, you know? It's so surprising. <laughs> it happens. Hey, listen, I had to be wrong about the good dinosaur, right? So at least I could be right about Star Wars. <laughs> Why did I have to be right about that movie? <laughs> There's also lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can leave a comment at Spreaker or you can email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And if you have a Sif quest that you'd like to send us on, that's a good place to do that. Or you could tweet it at us. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so let them know about it. And that listening is much easier than piloting a helicopter sideways. Spoiler chat for this week's movie should be next up in your podcast feed, and we'll see you back next week for our Sif Pop Movie Awards. Thanks for spoiling that there are helicopters in the movie, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a good callback, man. Yeah. We haven't done the helicopter spoil callback in a while. I know. That's funny. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.